Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. What makes you go, wow? For some, it's a baby. My wife in particular, she goes, wow, a baby. Uh, for, for others, you might be here and it's a sunset or it's the ocean. It makes you go, wow. Or perhaps it's, uh, you know, an amazing meal. Somebody brings you over for, uh, invites you over for a meal and you just go, wow, like that was just amazing. Wow. Something makes you go, wow. I would hope that that something would be worship. And I hope that before we're finished uh, this, this morning, probably next week as well, uh, as we catch a revelation of the wow, of the wonder, if you will, uh, of worship, that you'll start to see that, yes, it is singing, yes, it is coming to church and, and worship songs or a playlist or whatever it is, but it, it goes far further than that, way, way further than that. And so I've entitled this, this morning's message, Wow, uh, the Wonder of Worship. If wow is enough, but we could throw in the wonder of, of worship as well. I want you to go with me over to the book of Revelation. There's so much about worship that we don't really understand. And I don't know, how, how, how do you catch something without actually having been there? I've never been to heaven, but what I read about the place is just like a... I don't know if you're like me, but you read it, you go, wow, like, what is that all about? Dragons and, and uh, you know, this big kaleidoscope, this warfare going on, and, and uh, just all these shouts and angels and, you know, all of this kind of stuff is just, it's incredible, wow stuff, but having not been there, we're really relying on God placing in our hearts a, a revelation of something unseen. And, and the amazing thing about worship, before we go over to Revelation uh, 5, is that humans are the only species that worship. Monkeys don't worship. Well, you can disagree if you want, but <laughs> uh, giraffes don't worship. Ostriches don't worship. Plants don't worship, although Jesus did say this, if you don't praise me, then the, the, the rocks will cry out and the trees of the field clap their hands. There is something in that. But the only species on planet Earth that worships is us. It's something that we get to do. And we all worship something or someone. It may not be God. Uh, it may be football. It may be uh, money. It may be a whole range of things other than God. But worship for God is just the most amazing thing. And I never, ever want worship, for me personally, to become a formality. I, I admire these people that are on the platform, musicians, and, and I admire everybody that's here, uh, the way that you sing and the way that you raise your hands and everything else. But the one thing that I never want any of this to become is unauthentic formality. That's called uh, religion. I always want worship to be a wow, a, a, a wow, and, and, and bringing it more than just something that we do on a Sunday, because if it's only on a Sunday and we have to wait for the whole band and everything else, then we can only really worship once a week. 
And if we miss one, then, you know, our worship is, is brought down to just once every couple of weeks, however often that you attend. It has to be much more than that. Something that we do in heaven for eternity must be important. And the Bible says, the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done on earth, how? As it is in heaven. If it's a wow in heaven, it needs to be a wow here. There must be something that we're missing if we're not getting a wow when it comes to worship. And that's really where I want to go uh, this morning. So Revelation chapter 5, in, uh, in verse 11, it says, Then I looked, and this is, this is John, the revelator. He's the one that gets caught up in, into heaven. He starts to see things. He writes this incredible book called, well, we would call it the book of Revelation. It's actually a revealing of something that's, that's there, that's real, but it's like the curtains get pulled back. It's always there. It's not like, oh, this existed only when he pulled back the curtains. It's like, no, this, this existed before the curtains were pulled back and before John could see what was actually going on. It was very much real. It's very much going on right now. What we're reading about, the things that are going on in heaven are absolutely staggering. It's just that we don't see them with our natural eyes all the time unless God reveals this, this revelation. So he says this, he says, I looked. And I heard the voice of many angels. I haven't heard the voice of one angel, but I can only imagine what the voice of many angels. Numbering, listen to this, numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. 10,000 times 10,000, if you do the maths, is 100 million. 100 million plus angels. This is what he's hearing and seeing. And they encircle the throne and the living creatures and the elders. How big is this throne? If, if the hundred million angels circle it, it must be massive. I think about the population of this country, and it's something like, I think, 32 million or somewhere in that vicinity. And, and we're talking about three times or more the population of Australia, just these angels, these angelic beings, and these creatures that are circling just the throne itself. That's massive. I've heard people say, oh, I don't know if I believe because uh, when, I, when, I, when I think about heaven and, and uh, you know, what the Bible talks about heaven and people, I, you know, how boring. To go to heaven and just sing Waymaker or something, you know, or Amazing Grace for Eternity. Look, friends, <laughs> I agree. If that's all that worship was, I'd be bored, you know, how many times we're going to sing this. But it's got to be way more than that. It's got to be, wow, there has to be a, a wonder about this that we're missing. There has to be a revelation. There has to be something that the curtains get pulled back on that we go, wow, this is way more than just a set of songs on a Sunday. This worship, this is amazing stuff. A hundred million angels around a throne with one voice. Listen to this. Verse 12, in a loud voice. I like getting loud. We're in a country that doesn't necessarily like loud, especially in church. We're very conservative. In a loud voice, they were saying, 
worthy is the Lamb. The Lamb is Jesus Christ, of course, who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength. All these words mean something. And honor and glory and praise. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them, that's a lot of creatures, saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. I can't get my head around that. I'll, I'll be honest with you. That's something that uh, I, you get glimpses of this. And, and every glimpse I've had is definitely a while. That's for sure. But the fullness of this is something that honestly, if you could put it in a container, if you could put it in a book and, and contain this, condense it, define it, then it probably wouldn't be much of a wow. I am looking forward to whatever this is. Uh, I, I, I'm thankful that God gave us a picture of something that's absolutely amazing. But the something of worship centers around this this, this person called the Lamb, referred to as the Lamb, the one that was sacrificed. Why? For our sins, for, for every time that you and I miss it, for the very nature that's causing wars and, and humanity to self-destruct and all the stuff that, you know, I get tired of reading about it. Most of the time I don't read about it because it just annoys me so much seeing what humanity can do to humanity. But to shut that off and to say, oh, well, you know, what's the cause of that? Oh, just people are just, you know, there's just evil people. But what's the cause of that? Well, Jesus came and he dealt with the cause of that. It's the heart of man. It's, it's, in, the humani it's in the human heart. It's called sin and the sin nature. It had to be taken care of. And so this person went to a cross to take all of that. Uh, he took it all for you and me because we're just as guilty as anybody. You know, the saying, we're as guilty as sin. It's true. Every one of us might as well have committed the crime because there's none good, not one. We all are sinners that, that needed salvation. So this person, Jesus, came and he, and he, and he took all of, of the sins of all of humanity and ripped out the sin out of our heart and gave us a brand new heart. And now they're singing about him. Even angels, they have probably no idea because they, they aren't fallen humanity, but they're singing about this lamb, this one that's worthy. I believe that worship starts with a heart of thanksgiving. Until you acknowledge the sinfulness of your own sin, not pointing the finger at those people over there, or, you know, they're evil, I'm good. Until you acknowledge what he did for you, you probably don't have a basis for worship. You're singing songs, but what do they really mean? I woke up this morning, I don't know what hour it was, but I just had this, this unbelievable sense as I prepared for messages and things of thankfulness, that worship is, is thanksgiving. Worship starts with a deep, God, I'm so thankful. I know where I was. I know where I was headed. It wasn't good. You may have been headed for something that most people would say is good, but you really weren't. 
And, and, I, and I really encourage all of us to search our hearts out and, and to acknowledge, I'm not really that good. If your life was played on the big screen, would you want everybody to look at it? If not, you're not that good. Why not come to grips with that and, and be thankful that, that, that God provided a solution called the Lamb. He, his Lamb, which was slain before the foundation of the world, it says, for, for you to deal a blow to this thing so that you could end up in a place where there's a throne and a, a hundred million angels around that throne uh, singing this out and, and, and cheering on the champion. That's what worship starts with. It starts with thanksgiving. Oh, but there's a war. There's a battle going on. And my first wow is, uh, it's the, the warfare of worship, W-O-W. It's wow. Worship is warfare. I think about Abel way back in the, in the very beginning. He, he's the first recorded worshiper. He gives a sacrifice he, he offers an offering, if you will, to, to God. And, and, and his brother Cain, the devil, see, the devil hates, he hates worship more than practically, well, probably anything else other than you. He hates it when somebody worships God. He was Lucifer. He was the leader, the worship leader, if you will, of heaven. He fell with a third of his angels. They, they, they fell from heaven and, and, and Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. A third of the angels aren't singing, how great is the Lamb. There's a third of them that are roaming around the earth. They're called demons. There's a, a, a spiritual realm. And, and, and so these demons, they convince Cain, Abel's brother, to kill, his, to kill Abel. And he succeeds. The very first worshiper gets murdered by his own brother. So you got the very first murderer killing the very first worshiper on the planet. And nothing's changed from that day until this. The enemy is still convincing people to kill other people. He hates the church because the church is a place, a house of worship. That's why the devil comes out so strongly in everything he could throw to stop you from coming to church, from stopping you from being the church, to stop you from worshiping. Oh, that's just silly. You know, what do you sing those, those silly songs for? Why do you go there where you could be watching more Netflix than you've ever watched before, going to the beach or something else? God wants you in his house to worship because worship is warfare in the church of God. Isn't just some passive place where we sing a bunch of songs. The church of God is a household of warfare. There's warfare that's going on right now. You see, worship's not passive. There's nothing passive about worship. The wow, the worship of warfare, it is, it's, it's a very purposeful, it's a very uh, 
not passive at all. It's, it's something on the inside of your heart that goes, I need to break through this thing called depression. I need to break through this thing called discouragement. I need to break through this thing called unbelief. I need to break through all of these lusts that, you know, try to grab a hold of us from the lust of money to other things to whatever it is. I need to break through. It takes war to break through that. It's not going to happen passively. You're not going to go, oh, I broke through all these things. How'd you do it? Well, I just happened to be watching television one day. It's going to happen when you purposely wage war through your worship. It's not going to happen any other way. So yes, singing and, and, and worship songs, what we call worship songs, praise and worship, and what we do down here, it's, it's an amazing thing when, when God's corporate body gets together and, and starts singing about how good he is, and that's going to spill over. That's going to carry over into eternity. That's going to happen for eternity, and the wow of that I cannot wait, but th thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The wow is right here, right now. I can't help myself when when we're singing those songs, when we're worshiping in God's house of worship, there's a warfare that rages in my heart. This is going to stop the devil in his tracks. I'll dare you to, to, to get away with killing Abel again and again and again. I'll dare you to be waging war and poverty and all this stuff. There's a solution to this. It's the warfare of worship. It's digging in deep into the heart of God until deep calls to deep and my heart gets synced with his, his heart. That's worship. Oh, but there's a battle. Your flesh doesn't want you to do this. Ah, uh -huh. <laughs> take a break. What you need is a holiday to Bali. You need to just go get a cheap massage on the beach and, and drink some more pina coladas and just watch the waves roll in and listen to some Balinese music. Not picking on Bali. It could be Hawaii or anywhere, really. Just get your flesh rested up. That's all you need. You just need a bit of time out. You need a vacation. You, you know, Paul and Silas were in prison. That was nothing like a holiday in Bali. Their, their flesh was getting tortured. But what did they do in the middle of their flesh suffering in a, in a stinking cell in, in Philippi, what do they do? They start to worship God in the middle of a non-Balinese holiday, in the middle of agony. They start to worship and they start to sing. And the Bible says there was an earthquake and the jail doors flung open and the jailer ends up getting saved. He's going to kill himself. They say, don't do that. You and your household must be saved. And he does. It's a warfare. And the war rages in your thought life. The war rages between what Paul calls your flesh and the way that you think it's going to get done and you're going to get this breakthrough and all the rest of it. It's not going to happen in your flesh. It's going to happen when you wage war through your worship. Worship is warfare. All the way from Adam, all the way all the way through all of humanity, God created us to worship Him. Not because God's got some big ego, I might add. It's for your sake. It's, it's for your sake that God calls you into the most intimate thing you can do, and that's to worship your Creator. And when you do that, oh, it's amazing. The transaction that takes place, there's, there's an exchange. 
And, and this happens through uh, worship and prayer. They, they, they go together. It, it, it happens through uh, every aspect of worship. And like I said, we're just touching on one aspect this morning, which is the, the whole warfare of it. But, but, but there's an exchange. But boy, do you fight the hordes of hell. Every time somebody decides, I'm going to worship God, the devil goes, okay, mark that one. We're going to stop that. Probably out of all the worshipers in the Bible, the one that's probably known as uh, perhaps the greatest was David. You know, David's out in the field. He's playing his instrument, singing to the sheep. Got all the stars at night. Writes the, the most beautiful psalms. And then he gets anointed as king. And the devil, the devil hears of this. And so he convinces Saul, just like he convinced Cain to kill Abel. Now, now he convinces Saul to kill David. Why? Because he, he sees the, the hand of, uh, of God upon a, the heart of a worshiper. And he goes, I can't stand that. Kill him. And Saul tries his best. He doesn't succeed, thank God. But he tries because there's a warfare. When you worship God, you, you, you've got to know you are in a war. And, and that war is to keep you from coming to church, to keep you from giving, to keep you from doing everything that God calls worship. There is a warfare going on, and, and you're a marked person. Now, if you don't do it, you're still a marked person. So it's like, well, I'm just not going to worship. Then the devil's going to leave me alone. No, not really. But you got to realize he'll fight you every way when it comes to worship. Worship is war. And a loud voice saying, worthy is the Lamb. Who can cause such an eruption of worship? It's, it's, it's not passive. It's, it, it's a war. And when Satan sees you doing that, he just hates you. I, I, I find that stepping into anything of faith is engaging the enemy in an area that he doesn't want ground to be taken. And uh, I think about the times in, uh, that I was able to go to the areas where, where a lot of this fighting currently is, is taking place. And, and I had some of the most amazing worship times in, in Russia, in uh, Estonia, Latvia, those, those areas. Uh, in fact, Latvia saw just an incredible outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now they're part of NATO and all of that, but they used to be part of the Soviet Union. And I remember just the Spirit of God falling in some of the meetings there because people were worshiping God. Some of these people know just how tenuous that relationship is with their country and how fragile their, their peace is and, and what they went through, like uh, 70 years or whatever it was, 60 years uh, of, of Soviet oppression. And, and some of those people, they know what they've come out of, what they've escaped from. And they're so thankful when they worship God. It's like, you don't have to say, come on, everybody, you know, lift your hands. Come on, shout. Oh, you could do better than that. Let's do it again. Let's shout again. Come on, you can still do better. None of that. No, 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 no. A shout, you can't stop them from shouting. You can't stop them from giving thanks because they know. 
They know from whence their peace is, and they know who's protecting them, and they know that, that, that if all hell breaks loose, they know where they're going to go back to, and that's on their knees, praising, worshiping God on their feet, hands lifted up spontaneously, because they're, 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 they might as well be singing, worthy is the Lamb. He's the only reason that we exist. We're in a war. Even if our country has a temporary peace, we know we're in a war. And that warfare is what they've got a hold of. In the, in the West where we're at, it's like, oh yeah, got so many options today. Shall I go or shall I not? Ah, do you feel like going, babe? Nah, I don't feel like going today. I think we'll just stay home. It's like wagon school. Do you ever do that? I did. <laughs> You're on your way to school. Your parents send you off, you know. Okay, have a good day, Johnny. But Johnny has no intentions of showing up at school. Johnny's got a rendezvous underneath the tree with uh, some of Johnny's friends, and, and, and school's definitely not in the cards for today. And, 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 and so we wag worship. We wag the house of worship. We think that, oh, there's something better going on for us. And maybe the devil will dangle a little carrot and say, come this way. He's really good at that. But there's a fire in the eyes of a worshiper that burns from the heart of worship that says, no, I'm going to dig in every day. And Sunday, I'm going to dig in with my other believers and my church body and my, my, the household of faith. We are going to dig in. We are here to worship the king. We are here to wage warfare. We are not here to have some kind of a little passive pity party to be pandered in the flesh. We are here because worship is warfare. Wow! The big wow. What makes you go wow? Worship makes me go, wow. Warf the warfare of worship makes me so glad that I'm on the winning side, and so are you. If Jesus Christ is your Lord, you might go, what does it look like we're winning? Oh, it ain't over yet, pal. It ain't over yet. We do win. You can read the end of the book. Somebody says, we win. We're here to enforce the victory at Calvary. How good are we doing with the enforcement of the victory? Somebody goes, well, not very good. Well, let's just turn it up then. Let's just turn up with a warfare spirit on. Let's turn up with a sword in our hand called the double-edged sword called the Word of God. Let's just show up with a sharp two-edged word, warfare, coming out of our mouth when we sing. Let's, let's engage in our hearts. There's something at stake here. It's called humanity. It's called your children and your grandchildren and all, all the generations. They deserve something better because you opened your mouth in warfare because you opened your heart to the throne of heaven, not just to come. Oh, come and sing some songs. It's so lovely. Come, come to our church. The pastor's so funny. Ha! No, he's not. <laughs> it's not funny at all. <laughs> well, he doesn't try to be anyway. <laughs> I laugh at myself. Don't get me wrong. I don't take myself seriously at all. <laughs> but what's in my heart is like, 
there's a solution to all the dilemmas and all the calamity and everything that you see going on. And that solution is the body of Christ. It's the church of the living God. It has to be a body that's, uh, that's geared up for war. It has to be a, a, a group of people uh, that joins arms and hands with everybody across the planet that calls upon the name of the Lord, not to be passive, but to be aggressive when it comes to taking ground in the spirit, when it comes to uh, watching God invade the hearts of people and getting people in sync to worship with warfare. We're going to do some of that, and I'm not, not going to go past this uh, this morning. I've got two other uh, wows. This first one, though, is where I feel to stop, and that's to wage war, so I'll get the worship team to come up. When I think about warfare in the natural, I think about people that are willing to lay their life down. That's a pretty big deal. It's, it's like that's everything. Worship is warfare. It might sound kind of pretty and kind of ethereal. But worship's the act of laying your life down to pick up his life, to let him have his way, to fight your way through battles, standing up in God when your situation shouts surrender. It's a breakthrough celebration through circumstances when there's nothing to celebrate. Uh, I think some of those songs we did at the beginning are quite nice. We can, we can go back to some of those. I don't know the names of them, but I thought they were pretty good. Um, but what I want, just having a little chat. You guys can get it. Get back here. Get out. Come on. Get ready. Get ready. Come on. Are you ready to get, get into some warfare this morning? Come on, church. If you are, let's stand together. I'm going to say goodbye to all those people that might be watching online or on our YouTube channel. God bless you. Before I do, I want to give you a chance to get saved. But here, we're going to go into a time of worship. It's going to be war time here. If you're watching, all I can say, if you can, get, get yourself to church wherever you're at uh, in this world. But approach it with purpose. Approach it with passion. Don't be passive about worship. It's not a genre. It's not a playlist. It's definitely not something to play around with. This is something so massive that we don't even hardly scratch the surface in our understanding of it. But I pray that you'll get a revelation of it. The most important thing is for you right now, if you're watching and you haven't done this to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, he'll breathe into your heart. He'll breathe new life. you got to lay your old one down. He'll begin to give you a revelation of what it means to worship him and so that you can go to war and make a difference in this world. Let's pray together. Say out loud, dear God, Thank you so much for sending your son to lay down your life so that I can have life. Jesus, I give you my heart. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the City Amen. Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website, 
at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.